Chapter 46 of The Reason Why. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Reason Why by Robert Kemp Phillip. Chapter 46. 937. What are ligaments? Ligaments consist of bands and cords of a tough, fibrous, and smooth substance by which the bones are bound together and held in their places, allowing them freedom to move and supplying smooth surfaces over which they glide. 938. Why are the joints bound with ligaments? Because the bones would otherwise be constantly liable to slip from their places. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John 3. 939. What are tendons? Tendons are long cords of a substance similar in nature to cartilage, by which the muscles are attached to the bones. 940. Why are tendons used to attach the muscles to the bones? Because, by this arrangement, the large muscles by which the extremities are moved may be placed at some distance from the bones upon which they act, and thus the extremities, instead of being large and clumsy, are neat and small. 941. How many muscles are there in the human body? There are about 446 muscles that have been dissected and described, and the actions of which are perfectly understood but there is probably a much larger number of muscles and of compound actions of muscles than the skill of man has been able to recognize. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. Corinthians 16 942 what is the constitution of a muscle? Every muscle is made up of a number of parallel fleshy fibers or threads, which are bound together by a smooth and soft tissue, forming a sheath or case to the muscle, and enabling it to glide freely over the surfaces upon which it moves. The ligaments may be seen in folding the finger joints and also crossing the wrist underneath the tendons. The muscles are compressed into tendinous cords at their ends by which they are united to the bones. They are arranged in pairs having reciprocal actions, each muscle having a companion muscle by which the part which it moves is restored to its original position. When the influence of the first muscle is withdrawn and the stimulus given to bring back the part, 943. Why can we raise our fingers? Because muscles which lie on the forearm and have their tendons fastened at the ends of the fingers contract, and by becoming shorter, draw the fingers upward and towards the arm. Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh, and hast fenced me with bones and sinews. Job 11. 944. 
Why can we throw back the fingers after they have been raised? Because the muscles at the back of the arm, whose tendons are attached to the back of the fingers, contract and restore them to their former position. 945. What degree of strength do the muscles possess? The degree of strength of a muscle depends upon the healthy condition of the muscle, the amount of stimulus which it receives at the time of exertion, and the manner in which its powers are applied. The great muscle of the calf of the leg has been found, when removed from a dead body, to be capable of sustaining a weight equal to seven times the weight of the entire body. But the contractile power of the living muscles is very great. The thigh bone has frequently been broken by muscular contractions in fits of epilepsy, and in cases where there has been a dislocation of the thigh, the head of the thigh bone being thrown out of its socket, it has been found necessary to employ strong ropes attached to a wheel turned by several hands in order to overcome the contraction of the excited muscles and to enable the operator to restore the bone to its place. 946. What is the stimulus which sets the muscles in action? The muscles are excited to action by the nerves which they receive from the spinal cord. 947. Why does it require the influence of the will to set the arms in motion? Because the muscles which form their mechanism are voluntary muscles, that is, they are subject to the will of man, and influenced by impulses directed to them through the nervous system by the mind, which is the governing power. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Acts 3. 948. Why does the heart beat without any effort of the will? Because the muscles of the heart are involuntary muscles, that is, they are independent of the will, and receive a continuous nervous stimulus which is not under the control of the mind. 949. Why are the muscles of the arms, etc., made subject to the control of the will? Because, as they supply the mechanism through which we adapt ourselves to our varying wants and circumstances, it was necessary that they should be placed under the control of the mental power and be moved only in accordance with man's necessities. If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? Proverbs 24 950. Why are the motions of the heart, etc., made independent of the will? Because, as the necessity for the heart's motion is fixed and unalterable, the constant motion of the heart could be best secured by giving it a fixed nervous influence, by which it might be unfailingly prompted to fulfill its functions. If the movements of a man's heart were subject to his will, he would be constantly required to regard the operations of that organ, 
and so large an amount of mental care and physical exertion would have to be employed in that direction, that man's sole work would be to keep himself alive. Hence we see the goodness of the Creator in giving life to man and in keeping the vital impulses under his divine care. End of chapter 46